You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesday, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Heard exclusively here on octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting live from the new studios here in the Tech Space facilities in Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to the show in the future as a podcast, maybe on Apple iTunes or Stitcher or one of the other podcasting outlets that we're using, we'd just like to say thank you for listening to our program and ask you to consider to listen to the show live during our broadcast times here on octalkradio.net. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Stop Self-Storage, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. If you'd like to join in on the conversation because you are listening to the show live today, find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you to our nerve center, our engineer, Paul Roberts, and he can bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and possibly I can work them into the interviews that I have planned today. Our first guest is Ron Vigiano of president and owner, sorry, of Austin Taylor. Ron, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Let's start by asking you to tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about your path to your current firm. It's not the usual path that people take to be a clothier. I was a uh, college student. I was working at Las Brisas Restaurant in Laguna Beach. Um, I was a valet car parker there, and this guy used to drive his Rolls Royce in every Sunday for Sunday brunch. And at one point, I asked him for his business card, and years later, I was graduated from Cal State Fullerton. I'd gone to Cal State Fullerton to get a degree in public relations communications. And when I got there, I realized it was pounding out press releases, and it was pretty dry, and it really wasn't face-to-face. It wasn't what I was hoping that it would be, Okay. at least in the early stages. So I had pulled this business card out, and I called him. His name was Rod Thompson. And I said, hey, Rod, it's Ron Vigiano, and I haven't talked to you in years. I used to be your valet at Las Brisas. I'm graduating from school in about a month, and I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. Can I take you to lunch? Wow. And from that lunch, Uh he introduced me to the guy who makes his clothes, uh, and I became his apprentice. I worked for him for seven years, um, then went out on my own, and you know, it's 27 years later. And now I find myself doing exactly what I thought I was going to school for. Okay. I deal with a C-level executive. Right. Um, I find out whatever problems or issues that they have, and then I use my own resources to solve those. Now, my medium is clothes, right? Um, but I'm doing exactly what I thought I should be doing in public relations. And when I realized what public relations was, at least at the entry level, yeah. I decided I'm going to go a different direction. And I, I do exactly what I thought I was supposed to be going to school for. That is really interesting. And we look for teachable moments here, and you already gave us one right out of the gate. And that is the power of asking successful people to give you advice. I think not enough people are are willing or brave enough to do that because they may feel that they're imposing or something. But my experience and your experience really confirms it for me is how willing those people are many times to give of their knowledge and their time. I think if you've if you've earned it, even on a small level, like apparently he was always comfortable with me he used to drive around the sign and it would say lot full he'd get to the top of the hill he'd look for me uh-huh. and throw me his keys okay so at some point i became 
just that much closer than anybody else in the lot. And so right. I kind of earned a little bit of whatever it, it is. And then uh, when I called him up and I asked him for his help, I found that he's, you know, people are really willing to help if if they feel like you're a good subject to, to receive it. Right. Um, and I think that I had earned it. And it was fortuitous. Right. You know, I'm very fortunate that he took me to that lunch. And, you know, here I am. So if you're a young entrepreneur or an entrepreneur who would like to learn from somebody else who's successful, take Ron's advice and just ask the question and see where that leads. You never know where it can lead. You can lead you into a lifelong business that is as you are in your case. All right, Ron, let's talk about Austin Taylor. Start with how did the name come about, and then tell us what you do and what makes you and your firm different. I, I ran a company called Vigiano Fine Custom Clothing for years. Um, then I merged with another company that was established, and the name was Austin Taylor. Um, I ended up buying out that partner okay. four years ago, and so I've gone from Vigiano Fine Custom Clothing to Austin Taylor, and now I'm rebranding it Austin Taylor by Ron Vigiano in this big endless circle. Austin Taylor's been around for 12 years now, so it's... It, it's well respected in the community, right? Um, and it's well known. We've got good penetration, so you don't want to no, abandon don't. the name. No. So now I have to try to work my name back into it. Yeah. Right. And some of my clients actually say, "I want to refer you, Ron, to to my clients, but I also want to refer the owner. I want. How do we get your name <laughs> into that?" And right. I'm like, "All right." Uh, so okay. that started me to try to figure out how we do it, and so th- th- we're right. in the process of that rebranding. And what makes you different? And unique in your space, Ron? Um, I think we do the best job at what we do. Um, it's not a chain. And there are other chains out there. I don't have my clothes made in China. You know, they're all made here domestically. Okay, that's, um, that's a key point. We have paper patterns as opposed to machine-made garments. Um, it's the highest level of touch of anybody in my peer group. Um, I've been doing it for 27 years, and I'm right. just the best at what I do. And I think I'm I'm not ever looking to make a sale. And if, in fact, at this point in my career, I don't really need to make a sale. Okay, they just seem to come because people give me a lot of leeway to build something, or we have a great conversation. I ask a lot of questions. I listen to their answers, and based on that, I've got a wealth of knowledge that I can say, okay, what if we try this? And let me show you some things, and we can layer. I don't know, suit fabric down, and these are different shirts, and these are different ties, and they can kind of visually see what I'm trying to lay out. Or they could tear out pictures. I mean, I've got clients that tear out pictures of magazines or send me links to something and say, I love this. Okay. I have one client who said, turn on, P- he text, uh, not texted me, he sent me a, yeah, a text message, uh-huh. and he said, put on PBS right now. I want that tuxedo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, it, it really is that interactive. Right. I get texts all the time. And right. watch the CBS. I'm watching the NBA bat, uh, basketball broadcast right now. I want what the guy in the middle is wearing. Mm-hmm. And so then it's my job to, like, take a picture of the TV, figure out exactly what that fabric is, and then start sourcing it and right. figure out the fabric and then make the appointment and build the outfit. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, this is radio, so you can't see, although we did uh, take a couple pictures before the show started, so you'll be seeing them on our Facebook page and other uh, social media sites. Uh, Ron looks impeccable here for the radio program. So I appreciate the fact that you came uh, wearing not only your own creations, but looking the part of a clothier. So thank you for coming. Every prepared. day. This is Every how day. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and why wouldn't I? Exactly. Why wouldn't you? It would be bad if you didn't. Right. right. Exactly. Okay, well, we're going to take our first commercial break here, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, we're going to go into our next question. It's our guiding principle question, Ron. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to ask you to share of all the things you've learned in your business experience, have you developed kind of an overarching belief system, a guiding principle, we call it here on the program, for how you're growing and leading your company and how you're working with your clients? So hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Ron with an answer to that question and a few more here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. This is the smart old way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come so ask yourself just one question can i really afford to wait take the first step take our complimentary self-assessment at successionstrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience that's succession-strategies.com Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to the show to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on a radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through the support of our program. We deliver over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions each month. If you'd like to learn more, then contact our advertising department at area code 949-887-4104. I'd like to return to our interview with Ron Vigiano of Austin Taylor. Before the break, Ron, I said I was going to ask you to talk about your guiding principle. I don't know if there's one particular guiding principle, but I've learned, to, I've learned it didn't come originally, but uh, to trust my instinct, surround myself with people that, are as motivated as I am. Okay. I mean, when I when I first started, we hired people to do accounting. We hired people to do various other jobs, and I just assumed that they would do what they were supposed <laughs> to do. They knew what they were right. doing, yeah. and you know, I'm out selling clothes, meeting people, building wardrobes, and and they're doing whatever they do. And it took me a few years before I realized I needed to delve in deep and find out everything that was going on within the c- company. And by learning all of that, then I became much better at guiding the company because I, I understood it from the ground up. Right. Not just from the clothes aspect, but from the ground up. And 
I've surrounded myself with people now that are highly motivated, extremely trustworthy, and now it allows me to just go back and do what I do best. But it took me a while to get to this point. Right. And we skinned our knees many times. Right. And, and that's a, <clears throat> another teachable moment, which you gave to our audience, which is really kind of trust but verify. It is what I'm hearing okay, you say. Okay, trust but verify is right. a much better way than right. saying what I said, but yes. <laughs> no, but that's what I heard you say. And and I think that's really powerful because, especially as an entrepreneur, you you need to depend on the people who are doing the – it's your brand, right? It's your name in the marketplace, and your clients don't want to hear why it was wrong. They just want you not to do that again and to fix the problem, right? Take full responsibility right. Own it. for it. Own it. Own it. Um, it. The buck stops right here. My name is right, right on the moniker. Right, and you're in such a personal business. I mean, you are crafting that person's image or look, and that is so powerful in a competitive environment, and I'm sure with the kind of clients that you're working for, when they walk in a room, they want to. They, there's a, in their mind's eye, they have a certain impression they want to make in that, that room, right? Am I? And you're, you're there to complement that and help them achieve that. You're, you're absolutely right. And you know, it, it's a it's a big county, but it's a small community. It is. At the top. It really is. And um, people are very apt to tell pe- other people the problems that they've had with something, and and not so forthcoming maybe with the good parts of it. So you mm-hmm. really have to earn that part. But if you do something wrong, everybody's going to know about it. So I can't have one person in this county disappointed with anything that I've done. Right. I have to try to meet and exceed their expectations on every job, every single day. And so I have to surround myself with people that are that motivated and, and will make decisions when I'm not there that will reflect exactly what I would have done. Right. And that's hard to find people that will do that. I have a question kind of going off script, but as you're talking, I'm thinking... I know fashion changes and trends are different. And from your perspective, how often should, for a business owner and CEO that's listening to the program today, when they go back to their home and look at their wardrobe, I mean, at what point do they, even if they love the suit or the sport coat, at what point do you think maybe it it would be better to leave that in the closet or give it to a worthy charity and get something to replace it? I mean, how much are the change, do the change, do the styles change that, Really, it's not appropriate to wear that clothing anymore? Styles don't necessarily change all that frequently, but okay. when they do, the, it's a pendulum on a clock, and it swings in a, in a very different direction. I'll give you an example. Okay. Several years ago, um, most garments were Italian-influenced, and an Italian-influenced garment is a little bit wider in the shoulders. Yes. Um, it's got non-vented in the back. Yes. It's got two or three pleats in the front of the yes. pants. And those pleats translate to a fuller thigh and a fuller knee. Yes. And then at the bottom of the pant, it has a cuff. I love all that. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling well, like a dinosaur. Well, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to make your wardrobe obsolete. That's all right. However, um, you know, a few years ago, um, it started to transition to a much more British Kind of a '60s influence. Think Frank Sinatra and Dean and Sammy. And I like the, that look too. The right. Rat Pack. Right. Those were shark skin suits, so they had a little bit of luster to them. They were generally solid. Okay. They were tighter to your shoulder. Right. They were trimmer to your arms. They were side vented. A flat front pant, and a flat front pant makes a much trimmer thigh and a trimmer knee and a plain bottom. So it goes back to the kind of the mods or the '60s influence, and this is a British. Influence garment. So the garments that you have in your closet that are six, seven, eight years old, 
if they have dust on their shoulders, there's probably a reason, and there might be a good charity that you should donate that to. Okay. Well, there you go. Look at your closet, gentlemen. Do you work with ladies as well, female CEOs and business executives? I do not. Okay. I, you know, I went to school um, for this specifically. Every once in a while, let's face it, I get put in a situation where a client will say, oh, come on, Ron, make my wife a blazer. Do, you know, it's right. not. And, and you say no enough times until you can't really say no the ninth time. Uh-huh. And so you do it. And what you do is you end up setting everybody up for disaster. Because, one, that's not my specialty. Two, women tend not to be like a, a man. Uh, a man wants to wear a garment for many years. Yes. He wants to have his favorite garment. Yes. feels like a glove. Put it on. A woman wants to have a garment that she wears maybe maximum of eight or ten times. Okay. They become more disposable garments. And then in order to make this right, and to do a handmade garment and to take the time that goes into it, it's not an inexpensive disposable garment. It's right. not a blazer that you pick up at Macy's for $400. I mean, because there's a lot of time and you use a better fabric and it's supposed to last, you know, its lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you, you're shooting in different directions. And the means to an end is very different. Expectations are different. Right. So I've learned, even if they ask nine times, I'm going to say no ten. Okay. That's just, you know, that's okay. not my specialty. Well, there's a great organization called Working Wardrobes. They've been on our nonprofit radio show at here on Critical Mass. So, uh, gentlemen out there, CEOs and business executives, take those uh, Italian-style-inspired uh, suit coats and, and uh, suits and uh, give them the Working Wardrobes and maybe get in touch with Ron at Austin Taylor to update your look. It sounds like it would be an I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm a little bit out of date here, and I... Whatever. Okay. I don't know whether you know this, but I was on the board of directors for Working Wardrobes for five years, working with Jerry Rosen. (laughs) (laughs) I love doing that. Small world. (laughs) Small world. That's fantastic. All right. Let's uh, talk to our audience about the process your company goes through helping a client choose the correct clothes. Because in my experience, sometimes people don't know um, what might be the best look on them. You know, it might look good on on someone else, but maybe that's not exactly their look. I mean, how do, what's the process that you use to help them discover how to feel the best about what you're doing for them? It really is kind of a discovery process. It's a lot of questions um, about who their peers are, um, how they want to be perceived by their peer group, uh, me understanding what their business is, um, so that I can help dress them appropriately. Um, Sometimes people will tell me that they want to look like so-and-so. Okay. And then we'll really break it down and we'll say, Is, you're in the banking industry. That's that's pretty flashy or, or that's too showy. And, and then they realize that clothes present a message. Yes. And, and sometimes they just look at someone on a red carpet or at the Oscars or whatever and they want to look like that. And sometimes it's my job to say, I, I'm just a tailor, not a magician. <laughs> <laughs> That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> and maybe it shouldn't happen. And right. it shouldn't happen because you're in an industry that maybe that's not appropriate. Um, and so education is part of that process. And we'll just break it down. We'll just have a conversation. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And based on their answers, I'm going to kind of direct them to where I think that they ought to be. And then I'll lay out some uh, examples. And, and I think generally, at su- right around there, they start clicking into, okay, okay. now I, I get it. I, I get where you're going. There's foundation suits that you ought to have. These are the three or four suits that 
every person who wears suits ought to start with. You don't want to start with that black suit with a bold pinstripe because you look like you're a mafia guy. Not to say that there doesn't have a place in your wardrobe for right, that. Right, But it can't that's, be your that's go-to not suit, your go-to right. suit. And Got if you're it. a guy that only has two or three suits in his closet because you don't wear them, you're in an industry that you don't wear them all that often, you don't want the suit that's so recognizable that, oh, he's wearing the old black suit with the white pinstripe, you know, again. Right. So you, you want suits that you can intermix other shirts and ties and kind of change the looks of the outfit without everybody knowing that you've only got two or three suits. It, it's my lay impression, Ron, and mine might be incorrect in this, but that formal attire is is more prevalent. There was the, you talk about the pendulum from a macro sense. Certainly, the further you go east, the more people seem to dress in business suits and less California tends to be a little more casual. But I've even noticed here in Orange County recently over the past couple of years, more and more people are wearing ties again and suits, and, and that might be a false impression on my part. But are, are people kind of coming back to more formal dress clothes? I don't think it's a false impression. Okay. I, I think what you see is when business gets tough, mm. people go back to a tried and right. true successful a- approach to business. Makes sense. And this is all we've ever known, you know, and, and it lets your customer know that you're serious about what you do and, and you're not working out of your house in you know, your board shorts and a tank top, uh, you know, eating Rice Krispies while you're making your phone calls. Right. I mean, you're serious about your business. I think it says a lot. And and why would you not want to portray yourself as serious, knowledgeable, and expert in your field? Um, you know, we, we've all seen that. The, the, and the techs kind of started that whole deal. Right, right. And the techs rode around on skateboards and everything. But, you know, then, then you have this huge tech run-up and a huge crash. Right. Uh, and then we had, you know, difficulties in 2007, 2008. And right Amen. around that time is when fashion started to change. It, it seems like when we go through tougher times, the, the, the fabric producers, the, the, the suit makers, tend to reduce everything. To save, I believe, it's to save a wow, little bit of money on sense. fabric. Yeah, so that's as a raw we, material. As right? we go through this problem oh, wow. in 2008, 2009, <laughs> we start seeing much trimmer clothes. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to thinner ties. And, yeah. and so the raw materials, that go, and I don't know this for a fact, that but, but it, it seems to trend this way. Right. So now we're in that trend where everything's a little thinner, a little bit tighter. Um, Excellent. Uh, we've got like two minutes left here with you, and you're going to come back, right? Because I have other questions that I was hoping to ask you that we didn't get to, so I've got to have you back on the show. If my producer gets back in touch with you, will you come back and be on a future episode? Sure, sure. If you'll have me, I'll be back. Of course. You're a great guest, and I'm sure the audience is loving this both live and in the future as a podcast. So um, with the minute and a half that we have left, if someone would like to learn more about you and your firm, how do they find you online? Uh, It's Austin Taylor. .net, and it's A-U-S-T-I-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R.net. .net. And, and quite frankly, they can just pick up the phone and call me. And I mean, they would call what number? Uh, 949-752-6422. Okay. It looks like we have a minute left, but I did want to ask you a question. If there's a CEO or business owner out there who's uh, thinking, you know, I think I need to have a, a basic wardrobe that is appropriate. I mean, how many suits do you think? kind of like a starter set how many suits would they need or sport coats slacks i mean what would you advise would be the right looking at your wardrobe and say nothing's appropriate anymore what's the foundational investment not from a financial but from a suit count and sport coat count they would need to have you know if if you were in a business that you did not have to wear suits on a daily basis okay you know i always tend to be more conservative i think 
three suits, probably two sport coats, okay. and probably eight to ten shirts would be able to create enough variety that, you know, on the occasions that you needed to wear it, you could always look your best. Okay. So that's that's a modest beginning, and then they can build off of that Absolutely. with your advice. Absolutely. Right. Well, Ron Vigiano, you have been so interesting. Uh, I have other things we're going to talk about in the future. Continued success with your brand and your firm, and thank you for being a guest of the program, a friend of the program, and a part of our community. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with our second guest today here on Critical Mass Radio Show, but we're going to take a commercial timeout and spend a little bit of time with our news service to kind of update you on what's going on in the world. We'll be right back after these commercial words. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scan, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 6,000 shows over the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued support. All shows can be heard live here on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services, as well as all of our shows can be found from our website, Critical Mass for Business. Com. All right, let's turn our attention to our second guest. Scott Hauge is president of Cal Insurance and Associates. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background and sort of what did you do prior to Cal Insurance, and what was the inspiration in Cal, for Cal Insurance? Well, actually growing up, my father owned the, insur- the insurance agency. He, the insurance agency goes back to 1927. Um, my dad came in in 1960. As I said, the last place I ever saw myself growing up was in an insurance agency. Okay. But um, what ended up happening is that I went to work for Fireman's Fund for a period of time, and then I went to work for Aetna, and then in 1975 I was getting out of insurance, went back to school to get my master's in urban planning and did that um, and worked part-time in the agency. and. When I got the when I finished the program, Proposition Thirteen hit, and I came back to work in the insurance agency and have owned Cal Insurance since about 1980. So, tell us about Cal Insurance. What is it that your firm does, and also what, in your opinion, and your clients' opinion, makes Cal Insurance different from others in your space? Well, we're an insurance broker, and we actually do all lines of insurance, from personal lines to commercial lines to benefits. Um, But I think what makes us different is we take a holistic approach to our clients. 
Um, we we have producers that have niches that they work on, so our agency is niche-driven. Um, so we really understand the industry. I've got people that work here that have been in the industry for a number of years and are really top-flight people, and they care about the customers. They care about cow insurance, too. But we take a holistic approach that goes beyond just insurance. Um, our motto is always looking out for you. So we basically tell our customers that we want to be kind of a trite phrase at this point, but a trusted advisor. Right. And if you have any business need, um, we want to be able to fulfill that. So we actually have about 45 um, vetted um, people that we can refer to them if they're looking for business services. Um, I also am very involved in political issues, uh, representing small business. I'm the founder of Small Business California, um, and so I'm representing their interest in Sacramento and Washington and, to a lesser degree, San Francisco. So I think what sets us apart is that our clients know that we truly are looking for to help them out in insurance, of course, but beyond that. Can you tell me a little bit more about the organization Small Business California? I created Small Business California in 2005, and I felt that there was a need for better grassroots representation in Sacramento. Right. So I created Small Business California and um, with the idea that we would do a poll every year, which we've done, to identify what are the top issues for small business. Uh-huh. Um, and then we would um, basically take our issues and d- develop legislation and support legislation that follows those uh, guidelines that set forth in our poll. Uh, what makes us a little bit different from some of the other organizations is we want to be known by what we support as opposed to what we oppose. Uh. <laughs> um, so as a result, we don't oppose a whole lot of bills. We'll, okay. we'll leave that to the Chamber of Commerce and some of the other organizations. But we want to be known by what we support. And we've been very, very successful. That plays very well to the legislature. Okay, so help me. Um, we're kind of down a different path here, but I'm interested in small business California. What was your latest, what came back from you, small business is in California on your latest poll, what is the dominant topic? The number one issue, it's a little surprising, but not not the number one issue. The number one issue is the whole issue of health, access and cost of health insurance. Right. Surprisingly, number two was the quality of public education and around workforce Excellent. development. Right. Number three was regulation, no surprise there particularly. Right. Number four, this one's a bit of a surprise, is um, infrastructure. Uh, number five was um, taxation. Number six was access to capital. Um, we're also very involved in energy and workers' comp reform. So how often do you go to uh, Sacramento? Uh, well, when it's in session, I probably average about 50 to 75 trips a year. Wow, that's a lot. So and I'm up there a lot. Yeah. I know that road 80 very well. <laughs> I, I guess that's not necessarily good news, is it? <laughs> Excellent. When you say you conduct polls, how how large of a sampling do you get? And if someone's, li- you know, the listening audience for our show, Scott, are business owners and CEOs. Sure. I mean, how how would one participate in it? Just kind of give us a sense, and then we'll move on and talk about Well, there's, a, there's a couple of things. First of all, we do the poll every February. Um, we have, um, this year we have 1,300 respondents from around the state. We get a response from every county in the state of California. 
Um, if, if you go to our website, www.smallbusinesscalifornia.org, you'll see all our polls that we've done since 2005, so you can get a sense of them. Okay. Um, and I'll go so far as to say, if you go there and you want to get, I've got an email tree that goes to 5,000 small businesses around the state, and as issues come up that affect small business, I send it out. So if anybody wanted to be part of that email tree, they could go to our website, and you can add yourself to the email tree. And that was smallbusinesscalifornia.org? Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down because that's one of the things I'm going to do this evening. I Good. do want to be on that. And and um, before we leave that subject and move back to Cal Insurance and Associates, Scott, uh, I think... Would you be? I'd like to ask you if you're open to maybe coming back in 2014 after you do your next survey, and ha- I can have you on the program. We can talk about the results of that poll. I would would love to do that. And I understand you're actually working on some legislation today. Are you? Do you want that's to share San this Francisco with? legislation. Oh, San Francisco. Um, that's uh, Supervisor Chu has introduced a piece of legislation um, around a flexible workforce. Uh-huh. And he introduced it and never talked to the business community. And so there was a host of problems with it, and we're going through amendments. I think he'll be introducing the amendments to the proposal tomorrow. We're, we're getting pretty – we're not, never going to support this. I don't think the business community is going to support this. But we've got a lot of amendments to supervisors to credit. He's really tried to make this more business-friendly, if you will, and taken some of the negatives out of it. So um, we'll see in the next couple of days where the business community is going. But it, it did have some real problems. Well, on behalf, I'm a small business owner here in Southern California. The radio station, octalkradio.net, the, they are a small business owner. So on behalf of at least us and others that are listening to our program, I want to thank you, Scott, for the work that you're doing on our behalf, unbeknownst well, I gotta, to us. I've got to tell, I gotta take, tell you one real quick. I know okay. we were going to talk about Cal Insurance, but sure. that's okay. Um, we, there was a piece of legislation. We've done a number of things there, but there was a piece of inter- uh, legislation that was introduced last year around LLCs, and it basically was going to require that they change their bylaws, and new companies had to, to had a different set of bylaws, and they weren't necessarily bad, but Small Business California saw that it did not have a grandfather provision, and we were the only business group in the state that brought that up. Um, there are 603,000 LLCs out as of July of last year. We estimate that this would cost an attorney fees a thousand or more dollars for a lot of those. We figure that that little addition of a um, grandfather clause saved the LLC world over a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of big numbers, huh? A thousand dollars doesn't sound a lot, but when you multiply it by the that's number right. of LLCs, yeah, it works against you. Excellent. I understand also you created two blogs. One is for Small Business California, and then one's for Cal Insurance. Can you share with our audience the idea and benefit behind these blogs? And then I'm going to ask you how they can find them as well. Okay. Um, well, the Cal Insurance is basically to get information out to the, the public and to our clients about what Cal Insurance is doing. We, we just developed a new um, uh, piece for the blog that goes out every week, and it's, it's a, we call it the tip of the week. So every week we send a tip out on – it can be on personal lines, it can be on commercial lines, it can be on um, – benefits, um, and that's open to everybody, but we think that's a real benefit um, and brings people to our to our website. Um, 
And then we've got information about what Cal Insurance is doing and, and those types of things. Small Business California, that email tree that I mentioned that I've got with about 5,000 small businesses, um, every email I send out is on our blog. So if you went to smallbusinesscalifornia.org, clicked on blog, you'd see all the emails that I sent out. I'm guessing um, I probably average two emails a week. So there's quite a few there, but what I hear from the small business community is a lot of them feel that we're their connection with Sacramento and Washington. You really spend time and effort and energy informing and disseminating information for small business owners here in Southern in California, don't you? Yes. <clears throat> Why do you do that? It's my passion. Is it? It sounds I, like it. it. It clearly has to be for you to do it. Um, as I was, you know, going through school, I was um, very active in student protest back then and public <laughs> policy and all that type of thing. I, I got to tell you, I wrote a paper called "The Downfall of the Capitalist System: A Marxist Ooh. Perspective," which I, I, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed about now. <laughs> um, but anyhow, that's um, the, it, public policy has always been my passion, and what happened in 1984 after we were growing in the agency is I, I love public policy and I had the opportunity to do it, but internally, as far as the agency is concerned, it was important for me to get away and let people make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. And by getting involved, at that time it was the San Francisco Small Business Network, by getting involved it pulled me out of the office, which was really healthy for the agency. Interesting. And the, the, other, the other thing about it is, real quickly, you, there are very few things, and I'm not talking about qualitative, but quantitative, uh -huh. there are very few things that you can do that will impact as many people as a piece of legislation or public policy. And um, not enough, in my humble opinion, this is Rick Franzi speaking for Critical Mass or Business, not OC Talk Radio's position. Unfortunately, I'm not sure enough small business owners spend the time, they're so busy, uh, spend the time to really understand what's going on, either at a county level or a state or a national level. Well, and actually I get on my soapbox when I hear that because I believe that anybody that's in a business has to devote some of their time to advocacy and be somewhat involved because they can be impacted by legislation as much as anything else. Um, and when small businesses say, we don't have the time, I'm sympathetic to that. I don't expect them to spend as much time as I do. But at the end of the day, we have massive numbers. There's 3.5 million small businesses in California, of which 700,000 have employees. If you had just 10% of the businesses with employees um, to get involved, that'd be 70,000 businesses. If they would spend half an hour a month, that would be 35,000 hours of advocacy. We could own the world. Wow. Again, that's where the law of big numbers works that's to, right. your, to our advantage, doesn't but, it? But <clears throat> the problem, you get, you talk to a small business, I'm too busy, one, or secondly, it doesn't make any difference. Right. Well, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't do anything, of course, it's not going to make any difference. Right. And um, I'm a small business advocate. That's why I do this radio show. I believe in the power of peer learning. I try to help them run their businesses more efficiently and improve their profit and employ more people and all the stuff that small business can do when it's when it's efficient and effective. And I tell my clients as well, and I see it, large corporations spend time managing the legislative process because they know the importance in doing that. You may not have the same budget as a large multinational corporation, 
but you've given me a good argument, Scott, and I'm going to use it. We have numbers. We have sure right. numbers over them. And we've, we've got one. We've got numbers, and two. Everybody loves us. You look at the <laughs> Pew, the Pew, Pew poll that came out uh, uh-huh. that they did a while back. Okay. We were the number one respected group in the state of California. We were above firefighters and police and everything else. Really? So they love us. So if you can parlay that by getting involved with people who are sympathetic to us, you can be pretty effective. Well, and we're the job creators, right? That's right. And that is an important segment of the population right now as we dig our way out of this recession that's happened. So you know, wh- Yeah, what's frustrating about that is the politicians, a lot of them, and I don't mean to cast stones on all, but they'll come out and say, we're the job creators, small business is the engine that drives the economy, and then they don't have any clue about what small business does or is. <laughs> Uh, we got about two minutes till we take our next commercial break. And so okay. I want to um, just ask you if you could share with our audience a current challenge. We're going to switch back to Cal Insurance and Associates now. What's a current challenge, uh, Scott, that you're facing with your firm, and what are you and your team doing about it? Well, the biggest challenge is getting good talent, getting good good employees. We don't have a lot of turnover here, but... Getting a good employee that cares about the customer, that cares about the company, we have a particular problem getting producers, uh, salespeople, because um, it's expensive when you make a mistake. So our, our biggest problem is um, getting good people, and to that extent, we, we've used agencies. That's expensive, too, but we've used agencies, Craigslist, word of mouth, anything we can to, to attract good people. The, the other real tough situation um, or difficult is keeping up with technology. It's moving so fast and we're so dependent, we're paperless, that um, that is a real challenge for us. And, you know, we we bring in people to try to help us out, but we can't seem to get in front of the curve. It's fascinating to me how many entrepreneurs and business owners have, have expressed how challenging it is to find the right people in this time of, you know, what we consider to be high unemployment. But I think that is a that, 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 that is the fact that even though there's high unemployment, finding the right people that fit the organization is still a great challenge for business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we go so far as we actually, anybody we hire, I don't care if they have a Ph.D., we ask them to write a business letter. Very uh-huh. simple. Wow. And it is amazing how many can't write a letter. Wow. We're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial timeout. And so, Scott, if you can stay on hold there, we'll be right back with you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to wrap it up right when we come back from this commercial timeout. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. 
It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Scott Hauge, president of Cal Insurance and Associates, is our guest here on the program. And if someone would like to learn more about Cal Insurance and Associates, how do they find you online, Scott? Uh, www.cal-insure.com. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to spell that out. www.cal-insure.com. Insure, I-N-S-U-R-E dot com. All right. You've been a fascinating guest, and we're going to we're gonna stay in touch with you, Scott, because we think our audience of business owners and executives here in Southern California could benefit from hearing what you're doing and getting an update from you. So I'm going to have my producer get back in touch with you to talk to you about uh, having getting you on the program more regularly in the future if you're open to doing that, Scott. I am very open to that, and I would tell all the business people out there, find out the, about the Affordable Care Act. It has a big impact on you. Yeah, we didn't even get a chance to touch on that 800-pound gorilla, did we? That's right. All right, my friend. We'll continue thank the good you. work, fight the good fight, and thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of our community. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Scott Hauge, ladies and gentlemen, president of Cal Insurance and Associates, working on your behalf, and you didn't even know it, and neither did I. That's just one of the many services we provide for you here on Critical Mass Radio Show, beaming to you live from the state-of-the-art studios here at TechSpace on octalkradio.net. This show was brought to you by Succession Strategies, SmartStop, Self-Storage, Commercial National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. Our engineer for today's show was Paul Roberts. Our producer was Rachel Franzi. Our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltus. And our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, then visit our website. It is criticalmassforbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the radio show right here on octalkradio.net.